0: Chapter fourteen of Highways and Byways in Sussex. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. Highways and Byways in Sussex by E. V. Lucas. Chapter fourteen West Grinstead, Cowfold and Henfield. West Grinstead is perhaps the most remarkable of the villages on the line from Horsham to Staining by reason of its association with literature the rape of the lock having been to a large extent composed beneath a tree in the park. Yet, as one walks through this broad expanse of brake fern among which the deer are grazing, with the line of the downs culminating in Chanctonbury Ring in view, it requires a severe effort to bring the mind to the consideration of Belinda's loss and all the surrounding drama of the toilet and the card-table, if there is one thing that would not come naturally to the memory in West Grinstead Park, it is the poetry of Pope. The present house, the seat of the burrells, was built in eighteen o six. It was in the preceding mansion that John Carroll, Pope's friend, made his home, moving hither from West Harting, as we have seen. Carroll suggested to Pope the subject of the Rape of the Lock, the hero of which was his cousin Lord Petrie. The line this first carol, muse, is due, is the poet's testimony and thanks. John Gay, who found life a jest, has also walked amid the West Grinstead bracken. West Grinstead Church is isolated in the fields, a curiously pretty and cheerful building, with a very charming porch and a modest shingled spire rising from its midst, brasses to members of the Halsham family are within. And a monument to Captain Powlett, Whose unquiet ghost, hunting without a head, We have just met. Hard by the church is one of the most attractive and substantial Of the smaller manor-houses of Sussex, Square and venerable, And well-roofed with horsham stone. A mile to the west, in a meadow by the Worthing Road, stands the forlorn fragment of the keep which is all that remains of the norman stronghold of nep for its other stones you must seek the highways the road-menders having claimed them a hundred years ago william de Brays, who we shall meet at bramber built it king john more than once was entertained in it and now it is a ruin yet if nep no longer has its castle it has its lake the largest in the county A hundred acres in extent, a beautiful sheet of water, the overflow of which feeds the Adur. Within a quarter of a mile of the ruin is the new Nepp Castle, which was built by Sir Charles Merrick Burrell, son of Sir William Burrell, the antiquary, whose materials for A History of Sussex on a grand scale, collected by him for many years, are now in the British Museum. But Nepp Castle, the new, with all its Holbeins, was destroyed by fire this 1904. To the east of the line lies Cowfold, balancing West Grinstead, a village ranged on either side of a broad road. It is famous chiefly for possessing in its very pretty church the Nellond brass, being the effigy of Thomas Nellond, prior of Lewis, who died in 1433. Few brasses are finer or larger. In length it is nearly ten feet, Its state is practically perfect, And pilgrims come from all quarters to rub it. John Nelland, in the dress of a Cluniac monk, Stands with folded hands beneath an arch, Protected by the Virgin and Child, St. Pancras, and St. Thomas a Becket. This splendid relic would, perhaps, Were ours an ideal community, Be handed over to the keeping of the Carthusian monks nearby, In the monastery of St. Hugh, The commanding building to the south of Cowfold, Whose spire is to the weald What that of Chichester Cathedral is To the plain between the Downs and the sea, And whose Angelus may be heard On favorable evenings for many miles. The Carthusian monks of St. Hugh's Lend a very foreign air to the village When they walk through it. Visitors are encouraged to call at the porter's gate, And explore this huge settlement often in the very competent care of an Irish brother, while to suffer an accident anywhere in the neighbourhood is to be certain of a cordial glass of the monastery's own chartreuse. It was at Brook Hill, just to the north of Cowfold, that William Borer, the ornithologist and the author of The Birds of Sussex, lived and made many of his interesting observations. Near Cowfold is Oakendean, a stronghold of cricket at the beginning of the last century, William Wood was the greatest of the Oak and Dean men. He was the best bowler in Sussex. The art having been acquired as he walked about his farm with his dog, when he would bowl at whatever he saw, and the dog would retrieve the ball. Bora of Ditchling, Marchand of Hurst, Voice of Hand Cross, and Valance of Brighton also belonged to the Oak and Dean Club. Bora and Valance played for Brighton against Marylebone at Lords in 1792, and, when all the betting was against them, including gold rings and watches, won the match in the second innings by making respectively sixty and sixty-eight not out. Another player in that match was Jutton, the fast bowler, who, when things were going against him, bowled at his man, and so won by fear what he could not compass by skill. There are too many Juttons on village greens. Five miles south of Cowfold is Henfield, separated from Staining in the southwest by the low-lying meadows through which the Adur runs, and which in winter are too often a sheet of water. Henfield consists of the usual street, and a quiet retired common, flat and marshy, with a flock of geese, some Scotch firs, and a fine view of Walstonbury rising in the east, it was on Henfield common that Mr Bora once saw 14 golden orioles on a thorn bush adventures are to the adventurous birds to the ornithologist most of us have never succeeded in seeing even one oriole william bora the botanist uncle of the ornithologist was born in henfield and is buried there in his henfield garden in 1860 as many as six thousand, six hundred varieties of plants were growing. Beyond a small memoir on lichens, written in conjunction with Dawson Turner, he left no book. Another illustrious son of Henfield was Dr. Thomas Stapleton, once canon of Chichester, and one of the founders of the Catholic College of Douay, of whom it was written, somewhat ambiguously, that he was a man of mild demeanour and unsuspected integrity fuller has him characteristically touched off in the worthies he was bred in new college in oxford and then by the bishop christopherson as i take it made canon of chichester which he quickly quitted in the first of queen elizabeth flying between the seas he first fixed at douay and there commendably performed the office of catechist which he discharged to his commendation reader pardon an excursion caused by just grief and anger many counting themselves protestants in england do slight and neglect that ordinance of god by which their religion was set up and gave credit to it in the first reformation i mean catechizing did not our saviour say even to st peter himself feed my lambs feed my sheep and why lambs first One, because they were lambs before they were sheep. Two, because if they be not fed whilst lambs, they could never be sheep. Three, because sheep can in some sort feed themselves, but lambs, such their tenderness, must either be fed or famished. Our Stapleton was excellent at this lamb-feeding." An epitaph in Henfield Church is worth copying For its quaint mixture of mythology and theology. It bears upon the death of a lad, Meneleb Rainsford, Aged nine, who died in 1627. Great Jove hath lost his Ganymede, I know, Which made him seek another here below, And finding none, not one, like unto this, Hath taen him hence into eternal bliss. Cease, then, for thy dear Meneleb to weep, God's darling was too good for thee to keep, But rather joy in this great favour given, A child on earth is made a saint in heaven. Three miles east of Henfield, and a little to the north, Is a farm the present tenant of which Has made an interesting experiment. He found in the house an old map of the county, And identifying his own estate, discovered a large sheet of water marked on it. On examining the site, he saw distinct traces of this ancient lake, and at once set about building a dam to restore it. Water now once again fills the hollow, completely transforming this part of the country, and bringing into it wild duck and herons as of old. The lake is completely hidden from the neighboring roads, and is accessible only by field paths, but it is well worth finding. There once hung in the parlour of Henfield's Chief Inn—I wonder if it is there still—a rude etching of local origin, rather in the manner of Busse's plates to Pickwick, representing an inn-kitchen, filled with a jolly company listening uproariously to a fat farmer by the fire, who, with an arm raised, told his tale. Underneath was written, Mr. West, describing how he saw a woodcock settle on an oak a perfect specimen of the sussex joke end of chapter 14